Welcome to the Church on a Hill podcast. This is Pastor Corey Lahiri, and the Church on a Hill podcast is a ministry of Palouse Federated Church in Palouse, Washington. We are glad you joined us for this podcast, and we hope that that this will bless you. Specifically, this message today is from our Y'all series. That's Y'all, as in you all, and we're looking at great scriptures from the Bible that are to us all, good promises that the whole church needs to hear. We hope you enjoy the Y'all series, and you can find more resources at palousechurch.org, or you can check us out on the Bible app and select us as your church, or or find us on YouTube or Facebook. But for now, uh, tune in to this message from the Y'all series. Pastor Corey here. I am so glad to be back. Had a great week of vacation with my wife, and I was also blessed. After I got back, I listened to the message last week from Tyson West and some of the the students up at Adult and Teen Challenge in the Spokane area. Awesome message. If you haven't heard it, go check it out at PalouseChurch.org on our YouTube channel. Uh, but we're we're still in this y'all series. Last week was y'all are blessed. Tyson did a great job on that message and. Today's message is y'all can talk with God. Y'all, we can pray. We get to be able to talk with God. I am so excited to to, uh, just share a bit about what God has been doing in my heart lately. And and I want to tell you that I am far from a a master of prayer. I feel like a little child, and lately I've felt good about being a little child in prayer. Um, God has been so patient and kind with me. Uh, my, my private prayer life has been uh, up and down all over the place over the years. And sometimes I felt like it's been very weak and withering on the vine, I guess you could say. And, and I often find, find myself uh, or found myself distracted in, in unhealthy ways or impatient in prayer, tired, flustered, and, and if I'm a bit honest, uh, even angry in prayer. And you know, again, God was kind and began working with me, uh, leading me to helpful resources uh, like uh, like guided prayer. Uh, the One Minute Pause app is an amazing tool, and listening to the people who created that really helped me. The, the Bible app's daily prayer tool has also helped. Uh, another app called the Lectio 365 prayer app. I know it's kind of crazy all these apps, but reading and listening to other people uh, be honest about their prayer life and, and you, you know, letting people and, and guided prayers help me to pray uh, was really helpful. I, I, I was learning and still am learning to listen more in prayer and to be still and before God and to let Scripture's words speak for me. And also to be okay praying as I know how to pray and not worry about praying as I don't know how to pray. Because I think sometimes I, I feel really inadequate in prayer. We're praying to a big God, right? And uh, it's okay to just pray as you know, and don't worry about what you don't know. Pray as you are. Uh, some, some books that I recently read on prayer have really refreshed me. We, we, we've been recommending those books to you and, and online sermons and podcasts and and I, I, I want you to check out our newsletters and other things where I've written about these and talked about them. Uh, but you can read by uh, Pete Gregg's book, How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People, a uh, really great book. Or uh, you can 
read a book called uh, Praying Like Monks, Acting Like Fools, another wonderful book. There's some great books out there. The prayercourse.org is a great resource. Um, but, you know, prayer, prayer isn't just about a book, right, or an app or a website or something. There are authors and people that can help us, and the church at large can help us, but they help because they're real people who are sharing honestly about their, their real relationship with God and how God has met them, and they've learned to talk and listen with God. And so, honestly, what I want to do today is be a real person with you and share in some way uh, how I believe God has spoken through the scriptures that can help us. And by God's leading, perhaps I can be used by the Holy Spirit to help your journey of communicating with God. So so let's begin our, our time with prayer. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, dear Lord, for you are truly our rock and our redeemer. You are our God who wants to communicate with us. You alone should we be in raptured amazement of, Lord. You alone should we fully follow. You alone should should we have our lives founded upon. Oh, Lord, I pray that your people will be praying as they listen to this message, wherever they're listening to it, at home, uh, in the car, wherever, Lord, that they would be praying as they hear the word and that they would pray for me and, and other preachers and churches and, and our ministries of sharing you, Lord. Uh, Lord, may we see more and more of our life as an opportunity to connect and communicate with you, Lord. May you be honored in this, in this message today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, for our y'all message today of y'all can talk with God, we're going to mainly be in Colossians chapter 1. We're going to be in some other scriptures, but Colossians is a short letter in the New Testament, uh, and it's Paul and Timothy writing a, a small town, Colossae, that basically history forgot. It's not an important city like some of the other cities. It's, it's nearer to other big cities like Laodicea, it's, but it's a small town. And it's cool that there's a letter in the New Testament written to a small town church. And I, I just love that. And it's written to encourage them and build them up. And, and Paul and Timothy, as they write this letter, they are pumped and excited to communicate to the Colossians and to tell them how they've been communicating to God about them. Uh, so we're going to hear about how they've been praying to God about the Colossians. And so before I read it, I want you to just see how this letter is, is infused with the love of God. Listen for the love of God in, in the opening of this letter and how they, because they love God, they have this relationship of love with God, they, they love to pray for God's people. They love to pray and they love God's people and listen to what they're praying for. They're praying for these wonderful blessings for God's people because what do they want? They want the absolute best for people in Christ. And so hear, hear that, their love for God, their love for praying for others, and their love for others. Colossians 1, starting with verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for y'all, since we heard of y'all's faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that y'all have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for y'all in heaven. Of this y'all have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to y'all as indeed in the whole world. It is bearing fruit and growing as it does among you all. Since the day y'all heard it and understood the grace of God and truth, just as y'all learned it from Epaphras, 
our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on y'all's behalf and has made known to us y'all's love in the Spirit. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for y'all, asking that y'all may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power, according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified y'all to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and has transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Y'all, this is the word of the Lord. And I, I see here, again, the love of God, the love of prayer, and the love of people. The love of God. Paul, Timothy, and their team, including Epaphras, who has served there in that area, they love God. They have a real relationship with God. Jesus Christ has changed their life. They know they are in the kingdom. They know the role in this world is to lead others to that relationship with God. They have been changed by Jesus, and they are not afraid to share that. Their faith is not just some part of their life. It, their relationship with God is their life. And so therefore, they talk to God regularly because they love God. If you're a follower of God, if you're in God's family, you talk with God, right? Because God is your life. And so they are thankful that others like those in, in Colossae uh, that are following Jesus are, are, are coming to know him deeper and grow in knowing him, that, that, that these people have the hope of heaven, the love of the gospel, the good news of Jesus is in their life, and, and, and they are excited that people are hearing this and experiencing the free gift, we call that grace, free gift uh, of, of new life, the true story of new life in Jesus Christ, right? The true story of God's Son coming to earth, living fully as a human being, though God fully, He lived fully as a human, to come and rescue us with His perfect life, His sacrificial death, which was a special sacrifice that we couldn't do for ourselves. And then He, he gave us the resurrection as a victory over death and the grave, right? And so they, they've experienced this story in their life and it's given them hope that the Colossians are coming to experience this and, and they love God and they're, they, 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 they love others who love God and so they're praying. And that's an important starting point. To, to really pray is to, to know that there's a God, but more than that, knowing that there is a God, to know that God. And if you love God, you love praying because you love to talk to God, right? When, when they pray, when they're writing about their prayer here, it almost seems as if they can't help but to pray. And growing disciples, that is, growing followers of Jesus, they, they are people who want to pray. They, they, whatever your starting point is, whatever you know about prayer and whatever your church background is, but as you grow as a follower of Jesus, it's about growing and wanting to talk with Him more, listen to Him more, right? Uh, you know, it, 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 so since the day we heard, we, we haven't stopped talking to God about you and giving thanks for you. You see, their go-to move was prayer. As disciples of Jesus Christ, I want your go-to move to be prayer. In sports, we have different go-to moves, you know. Uh, some quarterbacks are really good at throwing the deep pass. You know, some wrestlers are really good at a single leg or a double leg. Some hockey players might be really good at a slap shot. 
There, there's some basketball players who have different moves that I don't know because I'm not good at basketball, right? But, but you wouldn't say, hey, my go-to move in hockey is sitting on the ice and crying, right? Or my go-to move in football is fumbling, right? Uh, or my go-to move in basketball is the double dribble. All of those are bad moves. And sometimes in our spiritual life, we got to look and be honest and say, is my go-to move a healthy thing? Like, praying and listening to God? Is that my go-to move in my daily life? Or is my go-to move um, a fumble? Like anxiety? Like gossip? Like pity or shame? And I think a lot of us live with these first go-to moves that are unhealthy. And part of being a growing disciple is overcoming that by the help of God's Spirit and letting your go-to move be prayer. Be prayer. So for example, if your go-to move is anxiety of is talking to yourself about your worries and concerns instead of talking to God about your worries and concerns and casting all your cares upon him. Sometimes I've lived a lot of my life with that go-to move of anxiety. And that's just fumbling the day away. And so part of my journey is learning how to cast my cares upon God and letting God be God. Some of your go-to moves is gossip, and that's talking about others, not to God, but talking about others to others. And so you've got problems with other people. Well, learn how to talk to God about them. Learn how to, to listen to God about how he wants you to deal with them. But if your go-to move is gossip, again, that's like a fumble. That's like a double dribble. And part of learning how to pray more is learning how to gossip less or to be anxious less. You know, um, being feeling like just pity for yourself or feeling living in shame. That's like sitting on the ice in hockey as your go-to move instead of learning how to have a good slap shot. You know, if you're feeling sorry for yourself or ashamed, then maybe you need to go to Christ and, and talk to him and say, oh, remind me of your love for me. And, and, and that needs to be your go-to move. Prayer, not, not living in pity or shame. So love, when we love God, when we say we believe in God, love prayer as your go-to move, as the first thing you do in your day, as the last thing you do, as the thing in your day you do in the middle of your day, as you, the thing you do when you struggle there's a thing you do when you have great things in your day. Is prayer your go-to move? You can pray without ceasing, and not because you want to be some religious nut, but because it is amazing what, what God is offering us, this connection for all of life, right? So love prayer as God's gift. Love, love prayer as God's gift for us to use to, to praise Him, to be anchored in Him, to bless others, to unburden ourselves why wouldn't we love prayer it's such a beautiful thing and you've heard it said and you've seen the bumper sticker that prayer changes things let me say to you prayer does not change things prayer is not a thing separate from god god changes things and god uses people who pray to change things so so pray because you love god pray and, and be still before god and let god change you and change the things in your life Love God, love prayer, love people. We see that in this Colossians text, how much uh, Paul and Timothy and his team loved people. They wanted the best for people. Followers of Jesus, we got to want the best for people. That's what prayer is, to want, will, and work for the best for people. That, that's what it is to follow Christ, is to love God and love your neighbor as yourself, right? The way of following Christ is all about loving God and loving people. Listen to some of the things they prayed for the Colossians. They prayed that they'd be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom. Like, we just want you to be filled 
with more and more knowledge of God's will, and we want you to grow in wisdom. Like, wow, that's awesome. We want you to bear fruit in every good work and increase in the knowledge of God. We, man, we want you to just be able to bear spiritual fruit all over the place. We want you to be strengthened with all power. I would love somebody to pray like this for me. I bet maybe some of you have. Thank you. This is awesome. Praying for all endurance with patience and joy. They are praying deep stuff here, man. They become deep believers and they're praying deep things for other believers. They love God. They love to pray and they love to pray for God's people because they love people. So we, we want to grow deeper in prayer. Wherever you're at, you're a new believer, you've been a believer a long time, can you grow a couple more inches deeper in prayer today, this year, this month? How about a blessing people prayer? Do you have that as a practice in your life? A blessing people prayer. Part of being a follower of Jesus is being a blesser. Just read the Gospels. How many uh, days did Jesus go around just blessing people, teaching them, healing them, guiding them? We, we are called to be followers of him and learn how to bless others. Paul wrote in Galatians 6 2 that, that we should bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That following the teaching of Christ, the law of Christ, is to learn how to bear one another's burdens. Now, I can't make decisions for other people, I can't make changes in other people's lives, but I can come alongside people who are in pain. Who, have, who are going through loss, who are going through some kind of suffering, who have a chronic illness. And I can, with God's help especially, I can help bear the burden of one another. This is part of what it means to be a follower of Christ. He ultimately bared our sin burden, our guilt burden on the cross. And his followers are not called to do that anymore. We're, we're freed up from all of that, but we're freed up to be servants like him who come alongside people and bear up the burdens of the brokenness of this world for other people. It's beautiful. And that's what we can do with prayer. We, we can really be praying for people who are burdened. We can be praying for people and, and then stepping in and loving people in tangible ways, right? Like the friends who, who carried their paralyzed friend to Jesus. They got to a house and the house was full of people so they couldn't get their friend to Jesus. So what did they give up? No, they tore through the roof. We read about the story in Mark chapter 2. They tore through the roof and lowered their friend to Jesus. It's a beautiful story. They carried their friend who could not carry himself. And then the story says, and when Jesus saw their faith, meaning when they saw the faith of the friends that carried the friend, when, they saw, when he saw their faith, he said to the man, son, your sins are forgiven. They carried the burden of that man, but then their friend got the benefit. That's, that's a beautiful picture of the body of Christ. We love people. We want to bless people. We want to carry them. We want to help them. We can't, we can't do certain things for them, but we can pray for them. We can serve them. We can, we can sit with them in their suffering. Right? Bless people as you pray for people. Confessing prayer. This is maybe the least popular form of prayer for, for many of us, but confessing prayer is something we need to do. James, uh, James, it, James 5 reads this, verse 16, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Confessing prayer, confessing to God, yes, is important, but you know, having times of confessing to one another, spouses confessing to one another, friends confessing to one another, people reconciling and, and saying, I, I, hold, I don't hold this against you. I forgive you. You are forgiven in Christ. And, and reminding others when they come to us and say, oh, I'm burdened. I, 
I spoke wrong to you. And we can say to them, hey, you're forgiven in Christ. One of the ways we can heal one another is remind each other of our forgiveness in Christ, the assurance we have of God's forgiveness because of what Jesus has already done for us. It, the scripture says that we may be healed. James says, forgive one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. That, that part of this prayer, the prayer of a righteous person, the power of it working is that there's healing in that, that shame and, and that guilt being released and remembering Christ's forgiveness. So confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another. Being still prayer. You have a practice of being still in your life. An important part of talking with God is not talking, right? So communication with God requires silence. Presence with Him for quietness. An important prayer is just being with God. Being still. You know, I think for most of us, we find that life can be pretty stormy at certain times. And the key is in our spiritual life to not let the storm turn us into stormy people. Right? We don't want to become more like the storm. We don't want to become more like the world around us. We want to become more like our God, who is a small, still voice. He is not like a storm. He has all the power at his disposal, but... He is the small, still voice. And so the way to become more like him, even when we're surrounded by the storm, is to be anchored in him, is to be still and and receive just his presence. Receive his strength in stillness. Jesus kind of taught this in 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 a real life story. He was with disciples in a boat on the Sea of Galilee in the midst of a storm, Mark 4, starting with verse 39, and it says, and he awoke and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. Now he could have done a number of things, but he chose to say these words, peace, be still. I can imagine if he used the Hebrew, he said, shalom, or wholeness, restoration, shalom, be still. Do you think he was just speaking to the waves and the wind? Or do you think he was speaking to the disciples too? Do you think that the great calm was just the, the, the storm? Or, or those disciples who came to know that we need to be still in him. We need to believe not just that he is the Messiah. We need to trust that this Messiah can save us from the storms of life. He is our great calm in the midst of of whatever storms come. This picture that we see in Mark 4 is is all over the Psalms, but Psalm 4610 is one of those most famous places. Psalm 4610 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the, uh, the nations. So I will be exalted in the earth. It doesn't say, be busy, Corey, and know that I can't do this without you. I, I, I can't find that translation anywhere. It says, be still and know that I am God. And, and, and he is going to be exalted among the nations. His will is going to be done. What we need to do is be still and know that he is God. We are not. And we need to trust in him and who he is. Being still before the Lord, this, this is the best way to be anchored in your life and not let the storm turn you into a stormy person. This is an ongoing daily lesson that we need to daily practice the storms may or may not go away 
The disease may or may not go away. The trouble may or may not go away, but it doesn't have to define who we are because we are God's and he is with us. And so the storm, in a sense, becomes less of a storm, not because it always goes away, but because we are secure in the midst of the storm. We know who God is and we know that the storm is not God and cannot overcome God. And if we do that kind of life, that kind of faith, then God can start to let great things happen in our life. And, and so we need to learn how to, to let God do great things in prayer. Not because we become great people, but because as we become less, he can become more in us. And so we are called to do great things for God, but not because we're super religious or super righteous on our own. But when we yield to him and he becomes more and more who we are, and, and we are having his presence more and more be our strength, Right? That we will do, as Jesus said, you will do even greater things than I have done. Not that we can improve on the cross and the resurrection. Jesus wasn't saying that, but he's saying, you as my believers, you're going to do great things. In fact, you're going to do more numbers of things than I ever did, right? It's an amazing promise that Jesus says. And you could say, well, that's a lot of pressure, Jesus. How are we as Christians on the Palouse going to do greater things than you have done? But the point isn't a pressure thing. Jesus is saying, the potential you have when you live trusting me and letting the Spirit work through you isn't more amazing than you know, right? I can do more than you can ask or imagine, as the Scripture teaches us. You just need to surrender and live trusting in me. Moses, Moses had been called to do a great thing. He'd been called to lead the people out of Egypt, right? And, and, and Moses... Uh, Moses had some great challenges, but he had to let God do great things through him. I want to read you a story from Exodus 14. When, when the people, the Jewish people are getting chased by Egypt. It says, when Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. So they're praying in a sort, but they're still hanging on to their anxiety, their they're even using prayer to maybe justify their anxiety because they cry out to the Lord. But then they say to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us, bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for y'all today. For the Egyptians whom y'all see today, y'all shall never see again. The Lord will fight for y'all, and y'all have only to be silent. Moses' great advice was, hey, just sit back and watch. Well, stand back. Don't fear. Trust God. Watch God's salvation happen. God will fight for y'all. Y'all only have to be silent. Moses gives us this great example of faithfulness. And God, through Moses, is trying to teach his people to just trust in God's winning the victory for you. The way you win the victory is having faith in him that he will always be who God says he is. He might not always take away the storms, but he will always be with you. And his forgiveness in Christ will always be there for you. Eternal life will always be there for you. 
So Colossians 1 is this great example too, where Paul isn't praying that all difficult things will be taken away from the Colossians. No, he's really praying the real best for God's people, for spiritual knowledge and, and true endurance and strength and patience. He says, we haven't ceased to pray for you. We haven't ceased to, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and spiritual wisdom and understanding. We want you to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened in power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. He wants these deep spiritual blessings for them. He wants them to really be anchored in the Lord's, the Lord's life for them. So friends, we need some simple habits in 2023 that can help us remain anchored in the Lord, uh, remain, reminding ourselves who is in charge of our mind and heart. And are we daily right now in charge of our own mind and heart? Or are we saying, God, you're in charge of my mind and heart. So I'm going to suggest that three times during the day, this is an ancient tradition Jews and Christians had three times during the day of being anchored in the Lord. In the morning, start your day off, hands up, and just be still and receive the mercy of the Lord in the morning when you wake up. At your bedside, coffee table, wherever. Palms up. Posture of receiving His gift of life and love. Reminding yourself of forgiveness. Reminding yourself that you're His child. Receive it all. Do it in the morning. Be anchored in that. In your midday, when the storms maybe have started to come or you've seen people that maybe need to be prayed for, in the midday at some point, just pray a prayer that says, Lord, help me in, and then you fill in the blank. Again, Lord, help me. Lord, help me where I am anxious and release your anxieties. Lord, help this person that I saw today that's struggling. How can I bless them? And instead of being anxious about something, instead of talking in an unhealthy way about something, instead of feeling pity for yourself about something, just be anchored in the Lord's presence and His help for you. Anchor yourself with a brief midday prayer. And then an evening prayer. Where those thoughts of the day come to your mind, release it all to God and say, all this day, God, you have been God. I have fallen short here and there, God. I release that to you. I receive your forgiveness. Teach me to walk in your ways and remind me tonight as I go to rest that you are greater than the storms. and Your will be done. Have an evening anchoring. I encourage you to try those. Now, may you all be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May we be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us all to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and has transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. May we be still before Him this week 
and know that he is God. May y'all call on him and let him do great things in your life. Well, praise be to you, God. We love you. We love the gift of prayer you've given us. We love your people. We long to pray for them. Teach us your ways, Lord. Deepen our life of talking and listening with you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The next steps are quite simple, friends. Hey, you want to try those three ways of uh, three times during the day of anchoring prayers? Go for it. Uh, you can always just email me, Corey at, at PalouseChurch.org, uh, to say, you know, I've taken that step. Uh, thank you. <laughs> or you could say, help me. Uh, you know, I, I'm trying this myself to just be regularly anchored in those three daily times. Um, but also another next step is just maybe you're in a place where you really need renewal. And, uh, you know, you you wish uh, this prayer thing was a breath of fresh air, but you just admit, you know, I don't, it's all just hard for me. I just need renewal. Maybe some of us can be praying for you and bearing up that, that burden or whatever struggle you have. If you need renewal and and you just feel like you need encouragement, uh, you aren't alone. There's people who love you and care about you. Let us pray for you and with you. Let me know. We love you. God loves you. He wants the best for you. We want the best for you. Well, friends, y'all, we can talk with God. I mean, you have a great week being with him. Amen. Hello, friends. I truly pray that this message blessed you. And if you want to find out more about our ministries or listen to other messages or videos of our worship services, you can check us out at palousechurch.org or search for Palouse Church on YouTube or check us out on Facebook or we are on uh, the Bible app. There's different ways to find us. You can always email me, Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, at palousechurch.org uh, to connect with me or to send me a prayer request. We really appreciate you connecting with us in this way, and may God bless your day.